What is good, peeps? Welcome to an indefatigable artist. Just wake and be. I am your host, Bleas, just a human being a multimedia artist in the 21st century. Episode 25, Aligned Values. Threads versus Twitter. That's what I want to talk about today. The new Threads app from Meta, Mark Zuckerberg's latest app, which is just shattering records at the pace it's being downloaded right now. It's something um, I've been talking about on Twitter one way or another since... Elon was forced to go through with his acquisition of Twitter on October 23rd, 2022. And I just want to emphasize that point um, as I just want everyone to know, as it doesn't get said enough in Twitter spaces, Elon was forced by a court to go through With this $44 billion purchase, he did not want to actually buy it. He was called on his bluff. He let his ego get the best of him. And the CEO of Twitter at the time held him accountable for what he said. One of the few times in Elon Musk's life that he was actually held accountable being held accountable for words he said must have uh, been a lot to uh, swallow there for someone who's lived a life of pure luxury, being born into a wealthy family. And who does that remind you of? Someone else who's being held accountable. Uh, Finally, accountability is catching up to him. We'll stay on one egotistical maniac at a time. For Elon, this pattern of finally being held accountable has continued. He faces numerous lawsuits, one of which is about insider trading when he changed the Twitter logo to the Doge logo, then Proceeded to sell $124 million worth of Doge, pumping his bags and then dumping it. He used his platform to pump and dump his bags on his followers. And that is going to be left to the courts to decide, you know, whether he's guilty. I'll be watching that closely and we'll definitely keep that updated as this is an ongoing thing I'm writing about here you know maybe Elon becomes a character in the Bleece novels in one way as I like to allegorically talk about real life things but for this podcast this is in real life this is in your face what I want to focus on here is values values and respect 
for others. Episode 25, Aligned Values. What he's done since taking over Twitter, what Elon has done since taking over Twitter, is to constantly disrespect people, blatantly so. And for starters, how does this man have all this time to tweet this many shit posts and to troll people and to troll decisions he's making? Just proves he did not want to actually buy this. He's acting like a petulant child who is being forced to do something against his will. I don't care how he's played it off. A court told him he had to go through with this purchase and he's throwing a fit like a child. And it's like, are you actively trying to ruin this? You know, I, I don't think you're, you're going to just throw away 44 billion, but I think he knew then that he was overpaying. Um, We've seen evaluations come out of how much that, that was worth, you know, he way overpaid and now advertisers are backing out at a rapid rate. And the last, the last straw for me was this stunt with limiting the number of views, causing the app to once again crash. He implemented a change that inherently made the app unusable. And even when it did come back, drastically changed everything, especially for people who aren't paying his ridiculously petty $8 a month verification. So to not only see that drastic change, but to then see him troll these changes and to laugh at them and to laugh at the outburst and the outrage people rightfully had you know people that have been on this app since 2009 you know for long periods of time and seeing the app work as it did before he took over you know it's it's so ridiculous to see one person and i just want to make clear at the onset that this is about one person this podcast episode today is about one person it is not about the platform in total this is about one man and his egotistical decisions that he has made and holding that accountable and why i have this energy towards threads despite the fact that it is owned by mark zuckerberg And how I see it, enemy of my enemy is my friend, but I'm going to keep him at a distance. You know, I have my graves and I've gone off on this in my thesis. Uh, I didn't like how he handled 2016 at all whatsoever and has continuously put profits over everything else and has lobbied billions of dollars to write uh, privacy policy laws that favor his business model. But that's also an overall issue in American politics. We call it lobbying. It's bribing. It's a nice word for bribing. And since Citizens United, it has drastically changed social media and made them even more powerful because they're able to just throw all of this money and they're getting all of this data and information. 
And that's something that needs to change that in a way that favors the user more. With that said, and I'll have that gripe. Um, with that said, you know, where is someone else creating an app like this that can bring so many different people in? And it's a dilemma that we have as artists. Um, if you're an artist in the 21st century and you don't have a social media presence, you're greatly hindering your work. There's always going to be exceptions. There's always going to be exceptions. Well, this person, well, this person, well, this person. Okay. There's always exceptions to the rule. I am talking about statistical data here of small artists getting seen and connecting with others from around the world and the ability of social media to enable this. And as it's gone on. It's become more, you know, gatekeeping. Using these apps for artists is how we get to show our work and connect with others. And art, at the end of it all, is about connection. It's about expressing this energy, putting this energy out, and seeing who resonates with it. And leading up to Elon's takeover of Twitter, I felt like I had finally found a social media app that I could vibe with. Finally. You know, Twitter spaces changed the game. I've even stated in posts that it is the greatest update to any social media app ever. And I will still stand by that. It nearly made Clubhouse, which I never used, almost obsolete within a month or two. I went from barely using Twitter with only 46 followers to using Twitter almost exclusively and grew exponentially to over 3000 followers and in a way I'd never had on social media. And I just want to just point this out that I was a late adapter to social media. I was a hipster. I thought it was all stupid. You know, it was for nerds online, whatever, you know, I, I, I told myself then I only use Facebook to stay in touch with family and friends back home after I left to Florida when I was 18, but that was it. Um, I didn't take it seriously. I didn't take YouTube seriously to my own detriment. <laughs> um, definitely kicking myself for that, you know, but it's honest. It's honest. I really was not in on social media like that. I did have a MySpace, but again, I barely used it. Like, I think I put my five songs on there and connected with some people from Texas because uh, I went and, uh, to Houston in the summer and they actually are the ones that created my MySpace. So I didn't even create it. Um, I kept it up for a little bit and it was posting on there, but again, not, not that deep into it. Uh, I was outside a lot and yeah, I was all about IRL stuff. So I, for my entire life have been late to social media and before my current Twitter profile, I had another one and again, barely used it, really only created it to see trending news stories uh, for politics and sports, but that was it. I was barely tweeting myself and eventually I ended up just deleting it. Uh, and then I got into streaming on Twitch, December 31st, 2020 for the new year. Um, and then I created a Twitter account the following month in January 7th, 2022 the exact day I created it. Um, 
And I just created it uh, to tweet out when I was going live and to follow other streamers. Um, and it wasn't until October 2021 when Twitter spaces started. And then I started to use Twitter more frequently going into my first Twitter spaces and meeting people for the first time. And it was a game changer for me. I was able to connect with people unlike any other time in my life. And in a broader sense, uh, it brought people together unlike any other time in human history. You know, we're able to connect instantaneously with anyone from around the world as long as they have access to, to Internet. Uh, you, you know, you're you're talking from people all over the world and putting you in one space. Um, I, I know there was Clubhouse before it. Um, and there's been voice chats, but not like this, not on a, a major social media app that's bringing all of these, you know, like-minded individuals. And it was bypassing the algorithm, which has kept us separate. Honestly, even though we're have similar interests and in everything, it's been these algorithms that have kept us apart. And with Twitter spaces, you're able to bypass that. And that's how I saw Twitter spaces that we're finally bypassing uh, Twitter spaces. And I want threads to come out with spaces when thread spaces, because that will ensure people don't need to go to Twitter. And I know there, you know, it feels like it's in beta version one step at a time, be patient with it. But I, I really hope that's a focus and a focal point for them. Uh, going forward because that is a game changer hearing the voices and their ability to hear mine share ideas you can get that passion that you have for for what you're doing it was like it was unlike any other social media experience i'd ever had um and i'll always look back at that time from you know october 2021 to li literally a year later uh when he took over you know as a special time and I'll always be grateful that it happened. Uh, it is crazy that it, you know, happened so fast, but when, uh, there were rumors coming out that he was going to take over, I was just like screaming, no, 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 no. Like this is not good. And being in the web three space, you know, we talk about decentralization all of the time and it's about decentralizing power uh, and making it more in the hands of a number of people. You know, you, you see these DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations coming up, which puts votes uh, in the hands of, of more people. Um, but again, DeFi is really a marketing tool. It's not a reality. And these DAOs are manipulated by whales who hold the most votes. Um, I would like to see more DAOs that it's one vote per person uh, and have an actual democracy. This kind of feels like a popular vote mixed with the Electoral College at the moment. Um, abolish the electoral college, by the way, get rid of that. We're in 2023. Um, it's time to, to evolve and progress to the times. Uh, but that will be again, a rant for another time. But the point is this view is supposed to be decentralizing power that we're seeing the centralized banks uh, you know, fund these politicians and enable and enact these laws that benefit the few and not the majority that 
that benefit the minority over the majority, you know, and it's people saying enough is enough. It's seeing, you know, media companies be centralized. And as an author, not even able to get on uh, national bookshelves because I'm not published by one of the five main publishing companies. So I can't even share shelf space with them centralized to five companies, five. And that's really, when you look at uh, the media and the news that's put out, it's coming from very few sources. And when I first got into Twitter, again, I was saying, I like, I wanted to keep up with news and politics. I wanted to see it straight from these sources. And as a result, you start to see these different reporters and in this streaming la- landscape, it feels like, and shout out Young Turks, you know, and, and Hassan, um, very influential. Um, seeing this decentralization of media occur, I think, is very good and progressive for discourse. Discourse is good. You know, debate is good. We have to debate from a landing, a landing point. Coming back to the rumors of, you know, him buying Twitter, I was screaming no, that this is further centralizing what is seemingly already a centralized platform, a Web2 platform, and one that's been squeezing us out through these algorithms and keeping small artists like myself down and promoting bigger artists, enabling them to get even bigger. Then I see other people in the Web3 space cheering this on, cheering this acquisition on. They wanted him to take over this platform, to further centralize power in the hands of one singular person so that they he could implement what they are calling free speech. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I started to see the space as completely different. I was watching their actions, not what they were saying, because what they were saying was in contradiction to the actions that they were putting out. They say they want decentralization, yet they're cheering for their favorite platform, Twitter, to become more centralized. I couldn't believe it. And I posted as such. I could not believe these Web3 motherfuckers are out here promoting their favorite platform to become more centralized, that it could be in the hands of one person. If he wants to make changes, those changes will occur on the platform. Consequences be damned. Now look, he took over in October 2022. We're now here in July 2023. Look how many negative changes he has done in such a short period of time. Twitter was still going strong as it was when he was forced to purchase it. Of how strong it was then. No one would have given a shit if threads came out. And also he wouldn't have had the team because Elon fired 75, 80% of the workers. And I had tweeted out 
that I wanted to see Reddit, you know, hire them and to create a kind of replica of what Twitter could be. Um, I was kind of hoping for Reddit and that's what I tweeted out was, you know, Reddit should hire all these people, but it looks like Zuckerberg was the one that hired all of them and put this app out. So it's just so poetic to see this egotistical maniac ruin this and to just throw this fit after being forced to overpay for this platform to then fire everybody. And even the firings, these Web3 MFers were cheering that on. Oh, he could get more done with less people. Oh, he's going to make them work. Oh, they left because they didn't want to work. Oh, boo-hoo, they didn't want to come in to the office and work. Such bullshit. And they have no regard for artists. They have no regard for developers. They have... Even further proven that with these latest stunts of just literally putting out an ETH address and say, send me money. I'm going to sell you tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Send me money. I've socially engineered you. Now send me money on a promise that I will build something. Don't have it yet. I'm going to talk it up. But if you ask me specifics, I am literally going to sit in silence as they do time and time again. So what are you planning to build? Just silence. We're going to change the game. It's going to be changed forever. No, you're doing the same fucking thing over and over again. And it's just gotten progressively worse. Every day on the app advocating for decentralization, yet cheering for further centralization of the app. And look where it has led to. The launch of an app on a competitor's site that is already in a beta version better than what Twitter is right now. Only thing it doesn't have is thread spaces. Once it gets that... Images look better. Video looks better. The interface is simpler. And as I watched this sentiment change after he took over, it changed everything. It changed my perspective of Web3. It changed my perspective of people who were hosting these spaces. I started to really sit back and listen and study these spaces. I'm always studying. I've been studying social media now for over a decade and social media effects for over a decade now. And this is no different. That I find joy in this of, of studying be behavior on social media apps. That's no secret with me. You can look at my, my thesis paper, Users with Dissociative Identity Disorder. This is a continuation of that study. I started a really pay attention to other sentiments that these so-called decentralized, you know, cheerleaders held and what else they were cheerleading. And I found a lot of them were Russian apologists and actually had a negative view of Ukraine completely against the U.S. supporting them in this time of need. They were against 
NATO as well. They supported people like Andrew Tate and shared that, you know, macho man behavior and degradation of others to feed their small-minded egos. They see Elon as their white supremacist savior, allowing them to be openly hateful on the timeline under the guise of free speech. What is it you really want to be able to say? Unfounded conspiracy theories that aren't evidence-based facts, but emotion-based beliefs, opinion-based beliefs. You want to be able to share that? And to raise these so-called questions that are just in utter fantasy, because it's easier to live in a fantasy than to adapt a growth mindset to new information as it becomes available. That's too hard. It's easier to live in a fantasy. I just want to be told things that I am coming under the belief under. I, it feels good to believe this. I was listening intently on these spaces and applying what I have studied for the past decade, the word choices they were using, why they were choosing certain words, writing down these words that were being repeated over and over and over again. You know, after, after the insurrection, uh, January 6th, it kind of, a lot of them went back into hiding. And they couldn't be as blatant as they were leading up to it. And so they started to get, you know, sneakier again about their word choice and how they address certain topics. Um, But there's a pattern. There's always a pattern because that's how propaganda works is through repetition, 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 repetition. You don't want, you know, much, a lot of variety that you don't want too much obscurity. You want to get the point across and there's different ways and it adapts constantly uh, to the norms of society. You know, it wants to fly under the radar, but be able to be detected uh, by someone new that you don't know. You, you want them to see a word and be like, oh, okay, that's a keyword. I know that keyword. I'm going to associate that now. Okay, I know what side you're on because of that keyword. They're not going to openly say, you know, that they're white supremacists. There's different ways of saying that. And part of the, the blocking then becomes, well, I didn't explicitly say that. They have an out, right? There's always a, a defense mechanism there. And that's why they, they choose, you know, these words and this phrasing, a certain phrasing that they've been taught. And when you go to the root of what they're saying, you realize how, how many of them are just parakeets. And this is true within the, the Web3 space as well. You can go into a Twitter space and count how many different words you hear. It's not that varied. Um, and it's why many point to it and say it's cult-like behavior. Because there's insiders and then there's outsiders. You either have this PFP or you don't. And I want to be able to look at your profile 
and instantly profile you as an individual. I want to reduce your identity as a full human being to a two-dimensional picture. A two-dimensional picture. And for this space, the irony is if you have a monkey picture, if you have a picture of a monkey, you are perceived as genius. You are perceived as someone who knows, who gets it. You are so smart. We're going to bring you up to speak and we're going to listen to what you have to say because clearly you're a genius. You're not uh, a gambler who, who got lucky. <laughs> nah, nay, nay. And we're going to host spaces and we're going to push a very similar narrative altogether. And we're going to use the same buzzwords, the same keywords over and over and over and over again. We're going to beat the ever living fuck out of this drum. And if someone says otherwise, you berate them, you scream FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. Oh, that's all you're spreading. Just FUD. Get them out of here. Mute them. You know, it's this cult behavior and they cling on to it. And to raise any questions, you just get berated and then they'll, they'll raid you as a community. Right, to stick together. There's all these little sub communities within it and within it and within it. And part of the cold is like having a common enemy. No, nothing binds someone together like a common enemy. So you're constantly looking for an enemy to bring you together. Oh, we can all come together and hate on this person, hate on this person. That's going to bring us together. Don't focus on what I, you know, the trick I'm pulling on you. I am going to focus on, on this enemy and that's, what's going to bring us together. But seeing, you know, where these values, so aligned values, the theme of this episode right here, aligned values, and why I bring up the point of them being Russian apologists um, and this and this negative view of Ukraine and this story that they have and tying it to their views on, on Elon and then in turn their views within cryptocurrency of why they're really here and how many of them are being exposed for why they're really here. And it's to get rich fucking quick. Fuck the artist. Don't care. And this latest step, you know, everything kind of goes together here. This deterioration of the Web3 space, of seeing it deteriorate and deteriorate, lawsuit after lawsuit, failed bank after failed bank, scammer after scammer, getting imprisoned and getting indicted, getting killed even, like this rise of uh, these founders is being missing, you know, um, at, at a crazy rate, coinciding with this deterioration of Twitter and how they are just praising Elon and really like as they're Russian apologists and as they're spreading Russian propaganda. And for a long time, Putin has been this white supremacist like leader. Like they look up to him as like, oh, this is, you know, what it means to be a male, you know, in the 21st century. Um, and, and they they worship him in a way. And 
seeing, you know, the sentiment that they had for the 45th president and his, you know, interaction. And they don't look at Helsinki as, you know, one of the most embarrassing moments for a U.S. president, I would say, in modern history. Seeing that body language, if you go back, Helsinki 2018, where the 45th president of the United States bowed, you know, in the worst possible way down to Putin and said, I've got to believe him that he didn't interfere in the election. You know, I am believing him over all of my own United States um, information and, and briefs telling him otherwise, you know, him siding with Vladimir Putin was such a betrayal and looking back at that moment after what we are now seeing in Ukraine um, of how ruthless, I mean, if you didn't already know how ruthless Putin was of seeing this, this recent war, just showing how ruthless this man is. Okay. Looking back at Helsinki, it takes on a new meaning. So for them to be apologists of this and to see and to spread and even this Wagner group leader coming out and saying that this war is predicated on a lie, openly saying it. It's like we knew it and that, you know, people like Tucker Carlson spreading this lie. And you see these Web3 MFers say the same thing that Tucker's saying. Again, word choice matters. You guys are parakeets in these Twitter spaces and you're parakeeting things you're hearing. And then you're going to say, I'm not a sheep. They're a sheep. Again, no one binds a cult together like a common enemy. Words hold an immense power. To disregard that power, you do so at your own peril. To scoff at that power of words is the ego. It tries to dismiss external influences as the ego thinks it's above that. I'm above external influence. Why do you think the words you think? Because of your environment. They come exclusively from your environment. You're not born knowing words. You're not born thinking in words. They all come from your environment. And so when you pay attention and when these groups keep hosting these spaces and using the same words over and over and over again, it's the same batch of words, all of these keywords. Now, I've known this for a long time and I've been in these spaces and I listen and I, I'm very aware, but some people may be hearing this for the first time and be like, oh, wow, okay. Um, maybe I'll look at it differently, that they're, they're all using these same kind of words and these keywords over and over again. And I haven't counted the number of words I've, I've written down, but there can't be more than 100 that they are overly using, that you'll go into a Twitter space and the same speakers over and over again saying the same fucking thing. It's like, where did you get that from? Where did that originate? I want to go to the source, to the root, to figure out where this is coming from, why you're saying the things that you're saying. Do your own research. What the fuck does that fucking mean? Name a fucking source, you parakeet. Do your own research. But, you know, do your own research. 
won't name a fucking source. You know, it's all this illusion, illusion after illusion after illusion, because to name the source gives it up. You know, don't trust everything you read. Don't trust everything on the internet. Don't trust this. Don't trust that. So where are you doing your research? Where? What is your research? Where is it coming from? And some people will hear this and scoff at this episode because like I've said on this podcast before, it's easier to trick someone than it is to tell them they have been tricked. I'll put out this episode and the knee jerk reaction will be to say, I'm spreading FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I'm a non-believer. I just don't get it. I haven't been listening to these Twitter spaces with a pen and a pad studying these motherfuckers for a year on top of over a decade of research on social media effects. No, that isn't me. Sure. Sure. I haven't been in these spaces really studying this behavior. Mm-mm. Not me. I'm just, I'm a normie. I, what do I know? Please, I am open to debate and discourse. True debate and discourse. Where you can't just say something you're passionate about. It has to be evidence-based facts. You can't just throw out the word decentralization. Really? How come this person has the less number of votes, but got it passed because they hold more voting power? What the fuck is that decentralized about that? Oh, this person got more people to vote yes, but two people voted no, and that, you know, the, the proposal didn't pass. That's decentralization? You see that all the time in DAOs, all of the time. You look at the number of holders of a certain token, and you can see why people say it's a Ponzi scheme, because so few hold majority of those tokens. And then they get other people to buy into it, and other people. But no, I'm just a normie skeptic. But I have been in this space now for over two years, and it's pathetic how down bad it's gotten. People just putting their ETH address out there and asking for people to send money to them as they're going to build something game-changing, selling tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Wait until you see this. Wait until this comes out. It's going to change everything. It comes out. It fails. Oh, the fucking dev. You know, the fucking dev. It's the fucking dev. I don't know what I'm talking about. This is above my head. This fucking dev. The dev that I hired off Fiverr for $5. Man, man, I I couldn't see this coming, but I just made 1.7 mil. But man. Oh, oh, he took it from me. Oh, man. It's disgusting. It's And it's disheartening to see that so many people are so gullible. And then they become parakeets saying the same message, saying the same message without any thought of themselves. They are just gamblers who get other gamblers to pay for their gambling. And the goal is to onboard new gamblers to pay for the previous gamble because that other casino game grew boring and a new one with flashing lights opened that will surely be the next winner. They have no morals, no code to live by. Look at how many jumped on the scam 
for Jared from Subway, even if it was the real Jared, why would you support him? That is utterly insane. Again, they do not care. They have no morals. They don't care about the character of the person. They have no respect for anything. Just as long as they can hit the jackpot, baby. That is where they put all of their happiness. They have put all of their happiness into monetary gain. That is all that matters in their life. They will get rich or die trying. It is embedded into their little brains and their parakeets and they are just victims of their environment but their ego won't allow them to see that they won't allow them to see they've been tricked and tricked they won't oh you bought the top haha happens to us all they have no morals they have no code again aligned values do your values align Do you have any values? Do you have any code at all? I swear, it's like they could look at a person who's murdered hundreds of people. Oh, well, he's showing up to Twitter spaces. He's still showing up to Twitter spaces. Uh, You know, the the coin's going to pump. The coin's going to pump. It doesn't, you know, he murdered a million people, but he says he didn't. He says he didn't. A court found him guilty. He's actually in jail. There's all this video evidence. He even admitted to it. But, you know, now he's saying in Twitter spaces that he's not. Um, it's an attention economy. It's an attention economy, you know, and he's got the attention right now. So I'm going to buy in. And I'm someone who came to this space with a hope that maybe people were coming together who have seen how artists have been treated and exploited for the past hundred years, that they wanted to come together and do something different so that future artists can have it better, that they could have better contracts. We have a better way of proving ownership of digital assets We can get royalties from that work forever that we'll be able to pass on to someone when we're no longer physically here. Yet, wasn't that. Wasn't for small artists. The worst of human behavior came out. Selfish greed. It's plagued this industry and spread through it like cancer. Getting worse and worse with each new project launch and what is sad to see is some of the worst among us getting the most attention and the most money and it's just hollow it's hollow obtaining wealth that way it can only bring sorrow at the end of the day money alone cannot buy happiness and i like the quote by tony robbins success without fulfillment is failure. Success without fulfillment is failure. We're looking at these people. They flash their cars. They flash their watches. That is hollow. Hollow and also those are liabilities, not assets. As soon as that car comes off the lot, it is a depreciating asset at best. Without fulfillment is failure. And Web3, as we've seen over the past year, is an objective failure. Not just the price of the coin, 
that everyone obsesses over over every second of every day, but a failure in that values and respect, decency have all been cast to the side in pursuit of monetary gain. Fuck the next person over as long as I can make a profit. And when Elon took over, it was like we're going back in time. It felt like 2016 all over again. These angry white men who were banned from the platform and many rightfully so as they knowingly spread misinformation and hate speech towards others. Knowingly spread misinformation. Sometimes people get duped into sharing you know, misinformation. They don't know any better. But these particular individuals knew they were spreading misinformation. Just for clicks, just for views. Again, attention economy. And when he took over and I saw the the rhetoric change on the platform, I saw all the advertisers rightfully pull out and not want to be associated with it because of all the people he, he was bringing back. It was sending a strong signal on whose side he was supporting. Tries to say he's apolitical while he's co-hosting spaces with Robert Kennedy and Ron DeSantis. Selfish greed, of course, rooted in selfish greed to benefit his platform, his failing platform. Okay, I'll give you that. But again, propping up this sentiment, giving a nod to a certain group of people, emboldening them. Making them think that their fantasy is a reality. I tweeted how my values do not align with what is happening on the platform on numerous levels. I don't, I wrote that I don't philosophically align with what is happening to this application. It's bringing me back to what I grew up witnessing in Michigan, watching ignorant capitalists come in and gut a company completely destroying cities and towns without any remorse in pursuit of monetary gain. Again, selfish greed. Closing all of those factories to move them to another country where they can further exploit workers at a fraction of the cost. It brought me back to the worst of human behavior. And then to see supposedly decentralized people support this kind of behavior, this further centralization of this app made me realize they don't know what the fuck they are talking about. They are parakeets who are in it for selfish reasons. They don't even know what decentralization actually is. DeFi is a myth, not a reality. One large transaction can send the price rapidly down or rapidly up. Apple, one singular company, is worth more than the entire cryptocurrency market. So we're not talking about a large scale here within crypto. If a billionaire were to come in, they could fuck with it all and not lose any sleep at night if they were to lose everything they put into it. We need to look at this space more objectively. Evidence-based facts. We can debate on that all the time. We can't debate on opinion-based beliefs. 
Because in your fantasy, you could make up anything you wanted. And the fact that all of this gets overlooked by these supposed influencers in the space, they just blindly spew shit that they hear and they build this narrative. And of course, one scammer is not going to call out another scammer. And if they do, it's again rooted in selfish greed. I need an enemy. My cult needs an enemy to point to, to bind us and make us stronger, make that connection stronger together. And then I call this out. I call this out and it's seen as negative instead of constructive criticism. Just shows how cultish it really is. This cult of Elon is just a part of that and has enabled him to go unscathed he has his simp army always to defend his ridiculous actions. But now I do think that is changing and it's his own ego being the main culprit. He fired about 80% of all Twitter employees and it looks like Zuckerberg was there to hire them all and put this new app out. Again, no one would give a shit if he didn't actively make this app worse, basically unusable. And it's so Shakespearean. It's poetic. The downfall of a tyrant, an egotistical maniac. Temper tantrum. Temper tantrum after temper tantrum. Now threatening a lawsuit. Tell me you're down bad without telling me you're down bad. And I'm sure Zuck is just there laughing saying, bring it on, threatening a lawsuit, not actually filing one, threatening to file one. What a sore loser. His ego is so large, he can't handle it, can't handle the defeat. Oh, it's got to be so bitter. And look at his recent interviews. He can't stand to be openly questioned. He surrounds himself like all egotistical maniacs with yes men being openly questioned on his decisions. He just stares off into space for however long, getting visibly upset. Again, where have we seen this behavior? And it's funny how the same people who support one man support the other. It's interesting how this kind of chauvinistic behavior just constantly gets supported from the same group. It's funny how. And when I found out Threads was coming out, I stopped tweeting. It wasn't because of one action. It was a series of actions that led up to this moment. And there is just one singular person to blame. I don't dislike Twitter as a platform or any of the people I've been able to connect with on there for the past couple of years. And I actually miss those great spaces we shared together. It's due to one man's selfishly greedy actions and his blatant disregard for others. He drastically worsened the app and trolled afterwards every time. It was the final straw. That was the coup de grace. Using these social media apps should spark joy. It's that simple. They should spark joy for the user 
and be conscious of the fact that it does have and has had adverse effects, especially on the youth and weakest among us, causing them to self-harm and suicide at alarming rates. We can't put our heads in the sand about these evidence-based facts. We have to address them. And it's my newfound goal in life. And this goal of the podcast is to raise emotional intelligence. I want to use my art and platform to spread that energy to others, to inspire you to take one more step further. You're here. You woke up today with that simple act. You're already more resilient if you choose to see it. I now see tweeting as supporting the behavior that I do not support of the person running it. And as I have tweeted since the day he took over, I do not support his actions. And now that we finally have another platform to connect on, I would rather use that. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've written extensively about Facebook's actions and those taken by Mark Zuckerberg. I do not exactly align with him either, but I, and I do think he is an opportunist and had the financial backing to back, to pull this off. Yet, as an indefatigable artist living in the 21st century, if we want to connect with others, if we want to get our energy out into the universe, we have to be on social media. It's through social media that I've been able to connect with others from all over the world in ways that I would not have otherwise. And for that, I'm eternally grateful to social media. I'm also grateful that social media has allowed me to stay in contact with family and friends over the years. I am seeing threads for what it is and nothing more. I have no expectations of it other than to connect with others as much as I can. I do hope it serves the users and listens to them and what they want to see from the platform. And I know eventually it will get more monetized. Zuck said after a billion users, he will open it up to ads, etc. So I'm just embracing this moment right here right now because it feels so innocent. When Elon took over, it felt like we went back to 2016. Well, being on threads for the past couple of days, it's felt like we are back in 2023. It feels like the posts I'm seeing, it's like people have gone through this as well and they have been frustrated as well. And now there's this sense of a freeness it's great. It's beautiful. I, I know it won't last forever, so I'm just embracing it. I want to address it and call it out to hopefully garner more of it because it is positive and progressive. I do hope they add thread spaces so we can do voice chats. Then I really will have no desire to go on Twitter, at least not for a very long time. I won't be deleting my profile, but I am going to protest in the best way possible and ask others to do the same as that is the only way Elon will adhere to the demands of the users. Growth mindset over a fixed mindset. Embrace change as it's the only constant in this universe. I will have more on this, including links to my tweet receipts showing that I've been talking about this takeover for the past year and my stance on the issues Elon has caused along the way. 
And I hope to connect more on threads. So give a follow at Blease, B-L-E-A-C-E, and I'll be sure to follow you back. Friendly reminder that it's free to support artists. A like, a comment, a share, and a follow back really does go a long way. I want to see a change in a mindset on this app. Not this Instagram behavior where these fucking influencers are so fucking vain and self-absorbed that they won't follow back. Fuck that shit. Call this shit out. So fucking stupid and just infuriating that they are just so egotistical. They won't follow people who support them back. That doesn't belong in 2023. Support those who support you. Support those who are putting in work, you vain fucks. I'm sick of seeing it. Get off this fucking pedestal you've put yourself on. Stop staring in the mirror, admiring yourself for one fucking second and realize that you would be nothing without your fans. I've gone off on the word self-made. Who the fuck is self-made? Put a baby on the sidewalk and see how long that baby lives. Where would you be if someone didn't feed you all that time? Where would you be without a single human connection? self-made. Get the fuck out of here. You are not self-made. It's free to support those who support you. And they're supporting you in multiple ways. Buying your tickets, going to your concerts. What would a concert be without a single fan there? You vain fucks. I'm sick of seeing it. It belongs in Instagram. That does not, I don't care if it's owned by the same. This is a new app, a new mindset. Bring a new approach. Demand that of these people. Call it out. No, they'll just continue to simp. Again, it's easier to trick than it is to tell someone they've been tricked. It costs you nothing. Have your social media manager do it if you don't have the time. That is one thing I just want to continue to emphasize about threads. It's all change our ways. It's all come at this app different. Different mindset. Different way of behaving. So it's something new and improved. Be a new and improved self. That's on all of us. We have a decentralized responsibility. Don't bring the same shit that we're all tired of seeing from these other apps. We have an opportunity here to really make a change. And that's going to be on each and every one of us. Not just some superhero that flies in from the sky. It doesn't actually exist. It's on all of us as individuals. Take some self-responsibility for your actions. A new app where we're all starting from scratch. Let's build from that. And let each other know that we have each other's back. Follow me and I will follow you back. Yes, it's like that. And yes, it's that simple. Let's go further together. Can you Get with that. Step up or step aside. Why walk when we can fly? Go further into the sky. Here is my mind. You don't have to pry. You act that way. Haven't bothered to ask why. Do. There is no try. Do or do not. It's that simple. We have a window of opportunity here. Don't let it pass us by. We are only as strong as our weakest link, cooperation over competition. Why do we feel the need to quantify everything? How many followers do you have? 
do we really put self-worth in numbers of followers? Go further. We are more than what our social media profile says we are. One step at a time. Take the next best step. I'll leave you with that. And if this is my last episode ever, and one of those times that will be true. So I want to say it now, because if not now, when? But I just want to say before I go, one last thing. And if it's the last thing I ever say, I want it to be this. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and comment. It's free to support. A like and a share goes a long way. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks available at Blease.com. Let's go further together. One step at a time.